If you're looking for a quality Kickstarter marketing specialist, I recommend the folks over at Next Level Web. They charge flat fees with an easy monthly agreement and they get serious results. Their goal is to get you funded on day one and their rate of success for that is above 90%, regardless if you're a veteran or a first-time creator. As a client myself, I can personally attest to their quality as they have helped me raise tens of thousands of dollars for my own projects. So if your email list looks pitiful, but your game is awesome, head on over to nextlevelweb.com slash kickstarter and take your marketing to the next level. Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com. Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab podcast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Each week, we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab. Today, you got another BGDL community spotlight, and we're talking to Jess Metheringham from Descent Games. Jess, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, really glad to have you here. Today, we're going to be talking about greeting card games, games that live literally on a greeting card that I assume you could put into the mail using the postcard rate that is very compact, very small, lots of interesting things to think about from a design and component standpoint. So uh, really pumped to talk about the games that you've been uh, working on that fit into this very interesting niche, this very interesting genre. But before we get into that, who are you? How'd you get into game design? All that kind of thing. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, these are really interesting types of games, and it is a sort of a strange path to go down. So who am I and how did I get into it? Um, So I think of myself as... Uh, still mainly a political researcher who is coming into game design. You know, so that's what I do for a day job. Um, mainly working with the House of Lords at the moment. You know, which is uh, um, basically the equivalent to your Senate, but is you know, but is a slightly different makeup. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I basically do politics for a day job, but I really, really enjoy board games, particularly the shorter gateway type games, the ones that get everybody around the table and get people going, oh, yeah, now actually, that's an interesting thing. Let's, you know, let's play that again. Um, So I grew up with a lot of card games, you know, traditional card games, used to play a lot of Rummy 500. You know, that was the game I played with my dad, you know, you know, know, loads of long weekends, you know, (laughs) playing I basically just playing rummy and you know various games in college but then kind of got into board games probably about 15 years or so ago and we were playing you know we were playing Carcassonne and then we were playing Pandemic and I remember playing Battlestar Galactica when it came out and being like oh this is amazing um though my ex took that copy which is a big regret in my life so <laughs> Uh, what do they say? The, the worst part of breaking up is getting your stuff back. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that was a great game. I think we had a couple of the expansions as well. I remember one uh, one weekend where there were nine of us trying to play it. And we were playing one of the expansions where where someone starts off as a Cylon. And, you know, it took quite a long time to, you know, to just go around the circle. You know, we had a PowerPoint presentation at the beginning of how to play, which, you know, I think is a good idea. Everyone should start with a PowerPoint presentation. 
<laughs> yeah, nothing says let's have fun like beginning with a PowerPoint. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> all right, but uh, let's talk about, let's dive right into, let's talk about greeting card games. Let's get a w- good working definition. What exactly is a greeting card game? So I think it's something which, like you said, um, fits into an envelope. Now, I have been looking at games which are greetings cards first and then games second, but you can do it the other way around. But I think it has to be made of paper or card, probably be one, you know, be one thing that you folded, um, something which you, you know, something which you would send through the post, just like a greetings card, you know, to wish someone a happy birthday or, you know, perhaps a happy holiday or something like that. Um, so I think it has to be something that would, that, that the average person would look at this and go, oh, that's a card. Gotcha. And why design these kinds of games? Like, tell me the almost the genesis. Like, what what inspired you or, or got you into traveling down this road? So, so I think it's because I was thinking about what you would, you know, how you could gamify the world. Um, you know, so not just having big board games that you take somewhere and it's like, you know, there's this big box of stuff you cart around, but having something that was really simple that just, you know, that goes on a postcard. Um, so I thought, okay, right. You know, how do you do it on a postcard? And I looked at that and thought, well, actually the key problem there is where do the instructions go? Because I like the idea that you can do the whole thing there that you don't have to go and look up instructions. It can be very useful to go and, you know, to look at a watch it played video, but with something that small, it's like, okay, you know, you've got to be able to just do it. Um, So I thought, actually, you know, you've already got something like that. You know, if you've got a greetings card, then you fold it out. So you've got the, you know, the really pretty bit on the front, you know, that's the game itself. And that can be absolutely gorgeous. Then you can have the instructions on the back. You fold it out. There you are. That's something. Um, so, yeah, I was thinking about just making games that fit into small things, sheets of paper. Um, my uh, my daughter is five, and uh, I think it was about last year I started thinking about this. And, of course, we were doing some lockdown schooling. And so I was thinking about what sort of things, you know, supposing I wanted to send something, you know, to, you know, to my mum from her that she'd done, you know, how could we, you know, how could we make this into a game, a fun thing? Very cool. And I love it just from a design challenge standpoint, Mm. even if it doesn't become a product or become something that a whole bunch of other people play, even just as a game designer trying to get better at game design, it just seems like these greeting card games provide such an interesting challenge as far as restriction. Like, I mean, you're literally restrained almost all the way down as much as you can be. Uh, and so talk to me about that. What, are, what have been I mean, the obvious challenges is, I mean, space. And hmm. I don't know if, if your games, you tell me a little bit more as far as components, like are players supposed to maybe bring dice or cubes as they have them? Or does everything literally just exist on the greeting card? So that is a, you know, so that's one of the choices you need to make. You know, when you're looking at a greetings card, you've got to say, okay, right, what components do you want people to bring to the table? Now, with mine, then I'm quite clear that I think people should be bringing uh, things that they're going to have at home, you know, nothing complicated. Um, So I was thinking, okay, right, definitely, you know, a couple of six sided dice, that's fine. Plus, you can roll dice on your phone as well. You know, that's quite easy. 
you know, you can go, okay, you know, let's roll 2d6. That's a very simple thing to do online. I think that's, you know, that's sort of acceptable. The average person could do that. Um, with the ones I did, uh, there's a set of cards I did for Christmas, which were roll and color cards, where it did ask you to find six different colored pencils, which is no challenge at all for those who have small children and might be a little bit harder for those who don't. Um, but there's an option to just write the number in instead. You know, you could draw patterns instead, for example, um, so there's a link to a to a website which is um so the back of the card has a QR code which is a link to a website which has a little video and it sort of explains that you could actually use patterns instead you could just use a pen you know and I'm like okay you know so everybody has a pen that's a perfectly acceptable thing to ask somebody to bring there's another card I did which uh which does ask people to have some little components and the thing I suggest there is jelly beans, because I thought, hey, that would be quite a good, you know, gift to go with the card. You know, you give somebody a card and you give them a packet of jelly beans and, you know, that's the gift. Um, but of course, that's a slightly more niche thing. And not everybody is going to be able to put their hands on a packet of jelly beans instantly. Um, so that's definitely, a, you know, that's definitely something you have to ask yourselves. But if it's a roll and write, then, you know, most people can get, you know, can get dice, they can get pens. One of the things that I was thinking about with some of these was that it was actually quite difficult to get, um, to get coins. So there was one I was designing that asked for four coins to be flipped simultaneously, you know, like you put them in a cup and you shake them. Realized that actually quite a lot of people don't have that much loose change hanging around on them. And I was talking to people and they were saying, well, hang on, I'm not sure I could, you know, I could put my hands on that much loose change instantly. So actually, I've moved away from the ones which involve flipping coins just because the components are difficult to get. Yeah, that's so interesting. And again, it's just something to to think through as far as like, who is your audience? If you're targeting your game towards parents towards people with kids obviously color pencils crayons yeah. a lot easier to find but again it, it kind of gets back to who are you aiming the game at and so let's let's talk about that for a second as far as your target audience who who is this for is this for you know someone in going to you know just a regular a drugstore or some mm -hmm. kind of store and, and finding a birthday card but this kind of having a little bit interesting slant to it it's more than just a greeting card or like is this for hardcore gamers that want to send their gamer friends these kind of thematic greeting cards that are actually games you know, I, I can see a lot of people kind of they want to yeah. give you know they want to give a card that also speaks to their personality and kind of who they are and what they want to you know kind of get across to other people in the world but just tell me about your target audience what you're aiming at and what other people might need to think about as far as their own target audiences mm, absolutely so with my target audience then i'm thinking very much on the um, you know, this is somebody who perhaps likes games, you know, looks at it and goes, oh, that's quite cool, but is not a hardcore gamer. Plus, of course, with cards, you've got two different people there. You've got the person who is buying the card and sending it. Then you've got the person who is receiving the card, because this is something which is going to be a gift for somebody rather than something which is, you know, which is something they buy for themselves. Um, you know, so that's a whole different ball game there. And you're thinking, okay, you know, which audience am I really wanting? Because I want something which is recognizable to somebody as being a game, 
but it also looks like a greetings card. It's also a pretty thing rather than something that looks a bit kind of, you know, blank or something. Um, so that's a really interesting dynamic. Personally, then I very much went for the um, the kind of, you know, particularly with Christmas cards, you know, so I did Christmas cards last year. Uh, that market, I think, was very much uh, probably people who liked games themselves, but wanted to send something simple to their friends and family who perhaps were not so into games but, you know, wanted to share the love, you know, to do a bit of gamifying the universe as it was, you know, share it out. Um, but I did something different for Valentine's Day cards because, of course, there you you generally, you know, so there you are generally giving it to somebody when you're there as well. Um, so the Valentine's Day card was a two-player card, whereas the Christmas cards had been solo cards. So the Valentine's Day card, you know, two players there. That one was a little bit more complicated because I thought, okay, these are probably people who both like games. You know, but still, you know, by a bit more complicated, it was not very complicated. You know, because the instructions have to fit on the back of the card, so you can't make it that complicated. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, as far as instructions and rule books and, and things like that, you mentioned using QR codes. Is that something where you could just attach a QR code and have someone scan it on their phone and there the rules are? Have you done that? And have you added any other interesting ideas or components uh, with QR codes? Someone definitely could do that. Um, so with the ones that I've done, I mean, one of them didn't have a QR code. Then, you know, I think all of the others did. Um, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do that going forward because I think that some of them, it would be nice to have QR codes, but I don't think it's a necessity. But I do think that somebody should be able to pick it up to be able to figure it out without scanning something. Um, you know, so the instructions should be there. Yes, it's nice to get a little bit of extra help and perhaps somebody might go, oh, I'm not quite sure about this, but I want it to be something that really is quite simple and straightforward. Because the thing is that when it's a roll and write game, then it's just a one go game. You know, sure, you could erase the pencil marks if you're really careful or whatever, um, you know, but it's a one go game. So you want it to be fun the first time rather than someone thinking, oh, I've got to learn this. What about this? You know, how is this going to work? Yeah, that makes sense. And also limiting yourself to a certain rule set that fits on the back of a postcard or a greeting <laughs> card is also part of the restriction. Like you are literally forced to live inside a very, very small box. Whereas if you were using QR codes, you got to be a little more careful because you might end up with pages and pages of rules for what should be a very simple game. Like I feel like if someone sees a card or excuse me, a game on a greeting card, they immediately think this must be super simple to play. How mm. could it not be simple and so if you don't deliver on that if you actually have this like really complicated complex yeah. experience it might not fit with what people are going in as far as their expectations so i think that's definitely something to be aware of but uh let's uh, let's turn our attention to cost is this something mm. where you are printing this yourself you're doing kind of the manufacturing of things or do you have someone local because i mean most time you have to go to china or somewhere else because you're printing a bunch of pieces and dice and boards and boxes and all that kind of stuff but with this it seems a lot easier to kind of do it yourself so tell me what you're doing and what you've thought about as far as the, the cost side of things absolutely i mean this does make it so much easier um so i send it to a printer who is in fact 
not hugely local. You know, they're not just down the road, um, but they're they're probably less than 150 miles away. You know, so I send it to someone you know who is you know the next town over. Well, a few towns over, and say, hey, you know, this is what I want. You know. They then send me it. Um, the printer I use, um, they've got pretty good green credentials. They also, um, the actual, the vans they use, um, the vans I think are mainly electric powered vans as well, you know, so it's really environmentally friendly. And I'm looking at this and going, wow, this is a really good way to do it. Um, so, yeah, so I print those and then um, just package them up and take them to conventions. Some I've uh, sold online. There are a couple of Kickstarters I had for some of the designs, but there are a few I've done which are not through Kickstarter. I've just done them because the thing is that the outgoing cost, um, you know, the outgoing cost for printing a few and seeing if they work, that's really low. You know, then you can say, oh, actually, yes. Let's print some more of those, um, but it is, but it does have that huge advantage, you know, being such a small game that the costs, you know, they are minimal compared to much bigger games. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, prototyping these kinds of games very cost effective. <laughs> exactly. Uh, printing, you know, full on <laughs> finalized copies very cost effective. You don't have to print a thousand or two thousand. Your minimum can literally just be one on your home computer using some cardstock and a nice printer, right? And, and so, uh, yeah, that's another huge advantage. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, they never come out as well. Of course, you know, they never come out as well <laughs> right. when you're doing it at home, and you know, and you can't get the fold right, and you know, all of that. But actually, you know, just doing a few to take to conventions and say, oh, will these ones sell well? You know, what about those? Because the thing is that once you've made, you know, once you've made a design that works fairly well, you know, you can play around with it a lot, you know, because people are not, you know, people are sort of using them once or maybe a few times, you know, but it's a greetings card first and foremost. So they're not expecting a huge amount of replayability. Right. And like you said, you can have a very quick proof of concept. Does this work? And because you're able to print locally, you don't have to wait on long production times, long shipping times. You could literally, if you wanted to, drive over to the printer, pick it up yourself on the way to the convention. <laughs> Absolutely. It just makes it so much faster, so much easier uh, as far as turnaround goes. But uh, let's talk about types of games. Tell me about mm. some of the games you've created or maybe games you've seen other people uh, create as far as these greeting card games. I want to get I want to get the juices flowing for other people mm. that are maybe listening to this thinking, well, how in the world could I put a game on a greeting card? Tell me about some of the things you've done and maybe some of the things you uh, would like to see other people. Mm. So, the, so there are, as far as I'm aware, there are two of us doing greeting cards. So the Dark Imp is doing it as well. You know, so I've spoken to Ellie about this. In fact, I think, you know, last year I had an idea and put it out there and then she had an idea. And I was like, aha, we're working on similar things, which always happens. Um, so the games I'm good, uh, the games that I'm doing through Descent Games, then I'm focusing on them looking, you know, looking like greetings cards, you know, as I've mentioned before. Um, there are a few different things I've got out there already, and there are a few that I'm looking at at the moment. What I've got out there already is uh, some roll and color games, which are, uh, they're a set of different pictures, different sort of designs on the front, but the core game is the same underneath, where you have a grid on the front of the card. So it's a three by three grid uh, with 
17 shapes dotted around it. There are three shapes for every uh, square in the grid. So some of them cross over, if that makes sense. Uh, you can actually see most of these by going to descentgames.com forward slash cards if people want to look at them afterwards. But essentially there, you are looking at this and you are rolling three dice. Um, you choose, oh, missed out a crucial stage. You number the columns one to three, you number the rows four, five, six, you number the colors one to six. You, th uh, you then roll three dice, you choose a column, you choose a row, you choose a color, you color it in. You score at the end for the shapes which do not share a uh, space with a shape of the same color. So basically, you're trying to get as diverse a range as possible with the same colors not next to each other. Okay, so it's kind of like a colorful Sudoku type puzzle? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. got that kind of thing where you're sitting there and you're going, okay, you know, this is, you know, this is mindful and relaxing because I'm coloring in, but also it's a little bit stressful because I had to take that color because I couldn't do that one, and now I've got two next to each other, and oh no! <laughs> Um, so that actually works quite well. So yeah, a colorful Sudoku. There's a more advanced version of that. You know, so that's a solo game. There's a more advanced version of that, which is for two players, um, where you've got one shape which is nestled inside another. So these are hearts, and they're sort of you know the ring of a heart on the outside, and then the core of the heart on the inside. So one player takes the inside, the other takes the outside. You're doing exactly the same thing. Um, but you can't color the two parts of the same heart the same color. So you can block the other person, essentially. You can say, oh, right, well, I know that at some point you're probably going to want to color that one you know, yellow. I'm going to color the inside yellow so you can't color the outside bit yellow, which actually works quite well, especially as a Valentine's Day card. Yeah, I love the idea of being able to have thematic type games around you know you have a happy birthday card mm. that also has this game that you could play at a birthday party or a valentine's day card that you could you know two people could play on valentine's day christmas easter yeah. like there's so many holidays that then you can theme the game around so the card has some kind of you know the, for saint patrick's day it's it's green and it's got leprechauns yeah. or, or four leaf clovers or whatever but then you've also got this interesting saint patrick's day game inside that just makes a lot of sense have you done that very often have you seen that or, or are you planning to do that so i haven't seen you know very many which are holiday themed but but that is a really good path to go down. I think, you know, there's really something there saying, oh, what would work for a St. Patrick's Day card? What would work for something which was, you know, which was Halloween themed, for example? You know, how would we do this? Um, the game I was originally thinking about with uh, flipping coins was actually one um, where I think I need to work out how exactly I'm going to do this. Um, but it was one where you had a set of cupcakes with lit candles on them. Um, but, um, but the other side of the card had another set of cupcakes with lit candles on them. And you, um, the candles, they had little markers up there. You were going to flip coins in order to see whether you could get to the top of a candle and blow it out. But supposing you went beyond your candle, then you blew out your opponent's candle. 
So you were basically trying to make sure that you blew out your candles and not the other person's candles because the person who blew out their candles first would win. So again, a very simple, silly game, but could work quite well. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm also thinking about how you could create almost like a meta game where mm. like, let's say it's at a birthday party. And instead of the game being right now for the next 10 minutes, the game is almost a meta game that is going on during the birthday party. And like <laughs> you've got different actions going on while they're opening presents or while they're cutting the cake and, and things are happening, you know, and maybe it's some secret role, secret identity game. I don't know. But it's it, there, again, there's so many options that you can theme the card around that attaches to whatever you know people are celebrating. Again, the sky is the limit, but then you're restricted as far as the components and as far as the amount of space that you have. But at the same time, you have so many options mm. available to you. It's just you're getting my juices flowing over here. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited about like trying my hand again, even if it's just for me and my kids. It just seems like a lot of fun to work on. And so tell me about your perspective as far as like it sounds like you really enjoy doing this, that even if it wasn't for you know, marketing and selling and all the product side, but you would still be doing this kind of thing anyway. So tell me about your, just your experience and almost an encouragement to other people to get them to at least try this. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the things I really like about this, you know, apart from the fact that you can get into lots of different things, and in fact, let me just throw out an idea there. Mazes, mazes, I think are a good thing for the front of cards because you yeah, can make them look idea. really interesting. Um, so currently thinking about a maze, but trying to work out what will happen, you know, perhaps it's a maze in a forest and you're rolling dice. And if you roll the dice, then something happens like, you know, the river floods or something, and then you can't go down that path. You know, but I'm not quite sure about that. <laughs> you know, that's something is, you know, still being worked on. But yeah, to get back to the whole thing, one of the things I really like is that these are quite self-contained and quite discreet. Um, you know, so quite often a longer project, um, so there's a Kickstarter I've just had that's funded for Library Labyrinth, um, which is a big game. Well, not a big game by any standards, but it's not a greetings card. You know, this is a uh, proper game, as it were. And, you know, and that's just funded, but it's going to be a year until that actually hits doorsteps. Um, whereas these ones uh, did a Kickstarter for the Valentine's Day cards um, just earlier this year. And I started the Kickstarter. I think the Kickstarter went live about mid-January. It finished about, oh, no, it must have been early January. But it finished, you know, that was a nine-day Kickstarter. Then I had about three weeks before the cards were actually sent out. So, you know, and then then they were going through people's letterboxes, you know, about 10 days before Valentine's Day. And it's like, that is such a nice, compact timescale. You know, yes, I'd actually done some of the design bits beforehand, but it was, you know, that is such a short timescale that you can kind of go, okay, let's do it all in one go. It's like a mini experience, but it's all really squashed into one. So you can have all these things and you can do it and you can get through it. And I think that's what I really love about it. The fact that it's just so, so discreet as it were. Yeah, I love that. I'm also really drawn to the fact that you could do almost like follow-ups where like, let's say I'm a, a grandparent and I just want to keep in contact with my grandkids and maybe they live across the country somewhere in a different city and I don't get to see them very often. You know, I could send them a text. I could send them an email. They're going to feel like, Hey, you know, granddad loves me. He's thinking about me, but it's so much more impactful. I think 
to send them something physical. We live in such a digital world. Digital stuff is so easy. It's so throwaway. And, and again, we have talked about this in the, in the past on the show. It's like we live in a time of social media, but we also live in a time like of the loneliest people have ever been. You know, like we're so connected, but yet so isolated at the same time. And these green card games seem to be a very inexpensive, real life, physical way to let somebody know you're thinking about them, that you care about them. And it's more than just a card to say, hey, I love you. Happy birthday. It's also to say, hey, I love you. Happy birthday. And here's this cool little game I thought you might enjoy. And it's more than just a read it, throw it away. It's a read it, play it, have some fun with it for the next 10, 20 minutes, then throw it away if you feel like it or, you know, pass it along to somebody else. But it just seems like a, a much cooler way to connect with people you care about and I don't know. I love. I just love this idea. I really think you got a cool thing going. And so, what, what else? What are some other things that we can kind of tell people about? Anything else as far as your experience, whether it's production, shipping, marketing, anything else we want to you want to leave listeners with? Ooh, I'm not sure there. I mean, just the whole package I think works really well for me. Um, but it is the fact that you can get an idea out of your system, perhaps. You know, that you can say, "Hey, let's do this thing." The idea of it being really restricted, you know, I do love that. I love the fact that you've got to get the rules on the back of the card. You know, you've got to make sure that the thing looks like a card. You know, you could even have things where perhaps you cut up the back of the card and you use them on the front as counters or you, you know, perhaps use them as bridges. You know, supposing you've got this game about something where there are rivers or the sea or something, and you could use bits of card as bridges, something like that. You know, I really just love the fact that you can get really creative with all of this stuff. So it's a great way to not get bogged down in an idea, but to do an idea just to the extent that you really want to do it. And then you can be like, okay, right, next thing. Basically, it's game design for those of us who have short attention spans. <laughs> Which I am definitely in that category. Uh, and I know a lot of us uh, are as well, other game designers I've talked to. We, we see a lot of shiny objects and we uh, we keep chasing after them you know, all the time. We, we'll, we'll work on 20 <laughs> designs at the same time and hopefully finish one eventually. And so, yeah, this is a great way to kind of basically scratch that itch without feeling bad, without feeling like, oh, I need to be working on something else. Like, no, just keep designing these kind of smaller games that fit on cards and I also love the idea of designing games that go in the mail. So mm-hmm. this has actually got my juices flowing. So I've been uh, working on a game for a long time called dead letter office. And basically it's a zombie game where you are a mailman delivering mail in the post apocalypse. And so you're having to deal with zombies, but also you got to get the mail there on time. And it just <laughs> makes sense to play that game through the mail in some way. And so now I'm thinking through, okay, how could I use greeting cards or how could I use envelopes and letters and mail and stuff like that as part of the game experience? And uh, yeah, I'm excited. You, you've gotten uh, some inspiration going on my end. So I really appreciate that. And uh, I'm, I'm sure ho- hopefully other people listening to this are a little bit inspired as well. But Jess, this has been excellent. Where can people find you, find your games, anything else you want to talk about as far as like where people can find you online? Well, normally I hang out on Twitter, so come say hi to me there. You can also generally find me on Facebook. My Twitter handle, Descent Games. Um, Generally on Facebook, I'm in many of the groups there. You can also go to descentgames.com and there'll be links from there to various other things that I do. But come talk to me. 
Awesome. Well, Jess, really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you joining me here on the show. Good luck with more and more really cool, really fun greeting card games and everything else you got going on right now. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com and find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at boardgamedesignlab.com. And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games. Did I mention keep playtesting?